Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your cravings for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Well, this is our uh, our first podcast of the uh, of the preseason camp and maybe our last. Yeah, we don't know. This is kind of a... A weird, weird time. Yeah, it is. Um, tell you what, for the uh, for the first segment of uh, of today's podcast, we'll uh, we'll operate in reality and uh, and kind of address what's going on in the in the world of college football. Talk a little bit about uh, the we want to play movement um, and uh, and some other things, and then uh, for the second and third segments, we'll suspend reality a little bit and talk talk some football. So. Let's uh, let's jump in. Uh, let's start with the the we want to play movement. I thought that was uh, that was interesting, uh, particularly for for Chuba Hubbard to get involved. I think that was I think that was smart by you know whoever was was organizing things and reaching out to people. Being that he's a guy who had gotten a lot of attention over social media this season or uh, this uh, off season, and. Um, and obviously is a uh, is a, a Heisman candidate and uh, uh, a really well known uh, face of college football right now. So um, we saw we saw him break his Twitter silence after almost three weeks and 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 come out with the uh, the we want to play graphic that uh, that everybody was tweeting out uh, on uh, what was that Monday I guess Sunday Sunday night Sunday and night. Sunday night and Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know if this if this if this campaign is going to have any impact at all. Um, you know, you got you got you know a lot of players that are getting involved. Uh, Mike Gundy eventually uh, retweeted Spencer Sanders and his uh, his hashtag of "We Want to Play," but um, you know there were a lot of coaches that were uh, that were stepping in and and. And getting involved, I just I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make at this point. Yeah, I, I get what the players are doing. I mean, we wanted to play too, to be honest. I mean, you know, we. It's, it's, if I'm being completely honest, for my for my own mental health, I need yes. I need I need football. Yeah. Now, for their physical health, they might yeah. not need football. Exactly, and yes. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. But for my mental health, yeah. I need football. I think mental health and for. I mean, people always job stability, right? You know, like, right. I'd love to see some football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also see the side where we're not going to see football. But anyways, I think this movement has it just adds to the players' voice that they've yeah. discovered. Yeah, this this uh, off season mm-hmm. it started with it didn't really start with Chuba, but Chuba was the first big voice, right? Big big name to have a voice and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's carried on, and you're right. Getting Chuba involved, I think, was huge for it. Yeah, yeah, it was, and that's, um, you know, the players were going to need something big. Um, obviously, this isn't the, the necessarily the type of big thing that they wanted to happen to to increase their uh, their ability to speak for themselves, but um, they were going to need something big to happen to uh, to to give them a chance to really get over the hump in in trying to um to be um 
to to have a little bit more power and a little bit more say for themselves and uh they're i think doing a good job of taking advantage of of this of this opportunity to uh to increase what they can do and what they can say and and how they present the, present themselves but the, um, the biggest issue though i think is they don't have any say in the matter right first of all right and that's what they're trying to get i understand that they don't have that now I don't know how much the athletic directors have a say in it either. It sounds no. like it's all going to come down to the university presidents, yeah. which they're the wild card in this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's why you wonder if it's too little too late for any of this. I mean, the presidents, right. you know, are going to look at it differently than just they want to play. They're going to look at different things, right. the health and the safety and things like that. And I think maybe that's going to be trouble for this movement. I think so too. And I think the fact that the, Mid-American Conference has already called off football and, and fall sports is bad news for everybody. Because and then the Mountain West joined. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's bad news for everybody because I don't know that there's anybody that's going to want to put themselves out on that limb mm-hmm. now, now that others have, have called off their seasons and say we're still going to play. And then be in danger of something happening, mm-hmm. um, and and you know be the ones that are saying that we're willing to be less safe than these other people. Um, I don't you know I don't know that that's going to uh, going to occur. And like you said, it's uh, it's presidents and chancellors and uh, and and those people that are that are going to be making these decisions from uh, from the way it sounds. Um, I think if it was coaches and athletic directors, I think we'd be seeing football. For, yes, for the most absolutely. Part. I think you would see a majority of uh, of people like being being in the uh, in the realm of Scott Frost at Nebraska, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and you know I think that uh, that Mike Cundy and Mike Holder, if you gave them the option, they're playing. They're playing football. Yeah, Burns Hargis, I don't uh, I don't know. He looks at things in a different manner and uh and um you know i just i i i don't know him well enough to say what what i think he would believe but um but he's the one that's going to be the decision maker in uh in in all of this in terms of uh casting the vote for oklahoma state so uh that's going to be the 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 complicated issue how do you feel about a spring season I have mixed feelings because I don't know that you can play as long of a season in the spring. Right. There's trouble there. Then are we going to load up every sport into the spring? Right. It's going to exactly. be chaos. Yeah. That you're going to have basketball, difficult. you know, or I don't know. I assume basketball has the best chance of starting on time right now. I would say so. Yeah. Um, so you have March Madness, football, right. baseball, softball. Um, if you push back the other fall sports, soccer, right? You know, you've got all these sports happening at the same time on campus. It's going to be chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the one thing I think of. But f- they need the revenue from football, so I have no right. problem with trying to play it in the spring either, because I understand that impacts so much other things, so many other things on campus. Right. I think I don't have a problem with it, but I think you're going to have to play a condensed season. I think you're going to have to play eight games mm-hmm. or something like that to. Yeah. To get it done. And and I worry though that that's not enough time for a turnaround. 
for right. fall season for, the, for b- recovery before, before fall. Yeah, and and then I was also thinking about asking this too: what what happens to OSU if they do this? Does Chuba Hubbard play? Does Tylen Wallace play? Right. If they have to wait to the spring because they've got the NFL waiting for them. Yeah. You know, do you? And I mean, they're not the only ones. Other NFL prospects too, but mm-hmm. you know, you've got those guys that are gonna make some money pretty quick do they want to play that soon before they have to go play in the nfl which is a lot more physical and demanding right Right. and not only that you're you're um you know uh, a minor injury in the fall you're healed up and you're fine in time for the combine and and as of right now the nfl is not moving any of their stuff no um i would imagine if there's a spring college football they'd probably move the combine and stuff i would imagine yeah, um, I mean maybe, but I mean if they're if they play a fall season mm-hmm. and then have to turn around and play another fall season, they're going to want their rookies reporting. Yeah, that's true. At the same at the same time, so um, it's it'll be interesting to see how they how they handle that. But um, but still, uh, an injury in the fall can be healed in time for the combine. An injury in the spring likely isn't, and then I think you see a lot more guys even. Um, you know, even guys that, that aren't uh, your first and second round guys, like like Chuba and Tylen, you know, does a does a guy like like Tevin Jenkins look mm-hmm. start looking at things and saying, I've got to protect my my financial future here, yeah, and uh, and go and go and be cautious and get ready for for the NFL. Um, it it becomes a uh, a a real disaster i think in term in those terms of what could uh, what could happen with nfl prospects so um oklahoma state fans i know are uh, really not uh, not fired up about the idea of no. uh, of a spring season no i, I don't blame them no I mean, this, not at all there's so many high expectations that all of a sudden it can be ruined by a virus and then you move it to the spring and it can be ruined by that alone yeah. too so yeah, exactly um I get the OSU fans hesitancy yeah, to move in a, this in a year when they've got a legitimate chance to go and and compete and, and possibly win a Big Twelve title and uh, and you know have a have a shot at the playoff. So um, it's it's uh, it's definitely a uh, a frustrating moment for for Oklahoma State fans, no doubt about that. All right, I tell you what, that's enough of. Uh, of, of reality for now we'll uh reality we'll take a break. stinks <laughs> yeah it does we'll uh we'll take a break from that we'll come back and uh talk some actual football about what's been going on on the field for the cowboys here on the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Let's uh, let's discuss the offense a bit to start here. Um, I think um, you know most of the uh, position battles are uh, are backups. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most intriguing ones. You talking about who's going to be the backup quarterback? Who's going to be the number two or number three running back that comes in and spells Chuba? Um, 
And then uh, we did find out though that uh, that D Anderson is making a making a push for that yeah. other outside receiver with with Braden Johnson. I kind of thought uh, kind of thought Braden Johnson might have that uh, locked down after the way that he finished. And uh, you know there was so much uncertainty about D Anderson mm-hmm. uh, coming off of a year where he, he didn't play, and um, you know it's I mean he, he had he put up some numbers, but nothing that uh, blew your mind. Um, Nothing that made you think that he was uh, a guy that was going to come in and immediately compete for a, a starting job. But I guess maybe it's pre-Joe Burrow offense, though, at LSU yeah. oh, with yeah. his numbers. And yeah, so, absolutely. You know, maybe get him in a pass-heavy right. offense, and it's different. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, so we'll see what uh, what can happen there. But a uh, guy at 6'6", 230, Different than the big guy, than the tall guys that they've had over the last couple of he's years. He's thicker. He is. I mean, he's, he's not. He's got some weight to him. You know, it's not. Uh, I mean, Jordan McRae had some some weight to him a little bit. Yeah, but he was still only was still two hundred pounds. Maybe. Yeah, you so. know, it, it's not a C.J. Moore or something right. like that. That's a yeah. pencil out exactly. there trying to catch passes on the outside. And right, um, that's that's huge. I think you you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if they find ways to put him on the field at the same time with Braden. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or at least rotating them heavily and getting both guys involved because they're so different. It's it's not like you got two two guys with similar similar skill sets. They're they're so different in what they can do because you want to get Braden's speed involved, and uh, he showed he showed that his hands are better. He showed that he's uh, he's got some strength and can run through some tackles when he has uh, has the opportunity. And then you got a, a big guy that can go up and uh, go up and get the ball and, and be a, uh, a mismatch against some cornerbacks. I think there's uh, there's ways to uh, to use both of them. Um, the, really, the biggest question is how often do you throw to that side of the field when you got yeah, Tylen? You got Tylen, yeah. I mean, you know, I was just thinking, you know, that big guy like that, those uh, those fade, you know, in yep. zone fades and stuff could. He could be a target for that, but then mm-hmm. you thought, well, they have Tylen too, and that's a big Tylen play too. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know how they distribute the ball enough. Right, exactly. Um, but I also was thinking, how do you you could spread the field so much if you put Braden and D on one side of the field together, and you put Dylan Stoner and Tylen Wallace, Wallace on the other side? You could spread that field so much that yeah. how do you cover that if yeah. you're a secondary? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, that is a uh, a mismatch nightmare. You know, and then you could maybe mix in if you go five set, you could throw a land in there too underneath, right. and and you know, or or you run out Jelani Woods, right? You know, and it's, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many weapons there for Spencer Sanders. That's that's a quarterback's dream. I or think. even even with just those four receivers that you mentioned mm-hmm. first, you still got Chuba Hubbard in the back. Yeah, exactly. And you gotta you gotta be worried about him. So. And Spencer can so run many. too if he, yeah, you know. I mean, exactly. it's just how do you? I don't know how you cover that offense. No, no, I don't. I don't know at all. Um, the uh, the more intriguing, and this is the uh, the detractor for uh, for us not getting to see practice is we don't know what Charlie Dickey is doing with his offensive line. Not a clue. From uh, from all the talk, he's uh, he's given a lot of guys a lot of looks at multiple positions. I think you can go ahead and. And uh, and mark down Tevin Jenkins at left tackle, mm-hmm. Josh Sills at left guard, and maybe maybe just pencil in Rye Schneider at center. Yeah, I'm, I'm I not, think so. I'm not 100 percent locked in on uh, on on that job. The uh, the right side of the line seems to be a little bit more in flux with uh, with what you got over there. 
you know, we saw Bryce Bray play mm-hmm. play quite a bit. Um, there's been a lot of good talk about uh, about um, Hunter Woodard and what he's doing mm-hmm. in uh, in in camp early on. I think Hunter Anthony has getting some positive Hunter, stuff. Hunter I was reading has been uh, has been getting getting some love, and he's a guy, a guy with some experience from mm-hmm. last year. So uh, I think that probably helped him out a lot to uh, to understand the speed of the game that he's got to play at. You know the in game speed. So. And, uh, and, you know, I'm sure there are a couple of other guys, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a, a Cole Birmingham or someone, somebody like that. Yeah. Jacob Farrell yeah. has been, uh, has been a backup over there on the right side. So, um, I think there's a lot of different things that could happen over there and there's so many moving pieces that it's almost impossible to, to try to project exactly mm-hmm. what's, uh, what's going on up there. Um, if that's the biggest problem they have on offense, though, that's a pretty good problem to have. Yeah, have yeah. That much depth that you can sit here and play with the right, exactly the the, the, the lineup, the lineup there, and um, you know, and losing Dylan Galloway hurt, I yeah, think, a little yeah. bit just because of a veteran presence and the stability mm-hmm. of him. Um, he was so stable uh, when he was able to be in the lineup, and uh, you know, I think that hurts, but. Um, they've got enough, that's why they have this depth. Yeah, exactly. And the the uh, the depth of that group is is so valuable right now because they're going to be able to handle injuries as they come in and and as uh, as different things happen. So, um, or if they if they run out of lineup that they feel doesn't work, mm-hmm. they can shuffle it up and uh, and try again. So, um, yeah, that's good. And then it, it helps Chuba. But it also will help whoever backs up Chuba. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I assume it's LD Brown, but Des Jackson's probably ready to make a push for a spot too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely think so. And uh, heard some good things about Micah Cooper as well. Yeah. So he, I mean, he had those flashes last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was really early in the season, and then he got banged up, and right, and that kind of put him down on the depth chart more. But you know him, and then I think people that keep asking me about Dominic Richardson and what he's going to bring, right. Um, I don't think anything really this year in games. Yeah, but I think he's going to push some guys. Yeah, because um, you're looking at a super talented kid who is built just like Chuba, mm-hmm. and so you know that's to me that puts him in the conversation for something pretty close in the future. But I don't think this season. I would agree, but you take a guy say let's say you're DeAndre Glass, mm-hmm. and you're you're kind of buried in the depth chart behind these older guys right now. But you're looking at this at this other young guy that's just uh, that's just come in and uh, and is really talented. Now you're thinking about your job mm-hmm. next year differently. So, uh, yeah, I think that competition is uh, is vitally important. Um, we've already seen, you know, they had been talking Zach Middleton up as a uh, as a running back, and uh, and now he's listed as a receiver yeah. uh, on the uh, on the roster. So I said, ah, we'll switch that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I think I think he was one of those guys that they just uh, they liked his ability and mm-hmm. wanted to see what he could do, uh, you know, with the ball in his hands wherever they can uh, wherever they can get it. So um, and obviously slot receiver is uh is going to be a uh a, a wide open competition mm-hmm. coming up before too long with uh with with uh, dylan and and landon getting old so yeah they are getting old <laughs> <laughs> i will tell them that they're getting old they've yeah. been around a long time yes uh, no that's that's no they're definitely not old but uh they're seniors and so this is their last go-round yep 
Exactly. Um, on that on that topic, we should at least touch on Brendan Presley because a lot of people are talking mm-hmm. about him. A lot of people are asking about him. Who? No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> right. kidding. I know exactly. I know Brendan pretty well at this point. Exactly. Um, uh, Casey Dunn made the point that it's going to be really hard for him to get on the field with yeah. those two guys that are ahead of him. Uh, but you got to be excited about what's ahead for uh, for this kid. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that we would get to see him if they were playing at McNeese State again or someone like that. Um, you would get to see him on the field and late in the game like that. But how do you – if you're him, how do you come in there and play over Dylan Stone or right. Landon Wolf? Yeah. Um, it's going to take injuries essentially. Yeah. Um, and – but I think his he might find a spot in special teams. You never There's know. I mean, he's There's so dynamic with the football in his hands that you put him on a punt return every once in a while or mm-hmm. um, kick returns just to see maybe what he can do with his his athletic ability. Um, yeah. This is a kid that he looks small. Um, and you, you don't think much of him when you see him without pads. Right. But, man, he's dynamic on a football field. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think uh, everyone's excited about him. But I, I thought it was interesting Casey kind of – pulled back on that a little bit mm-hmm. last week and was like let's slow down here we've got we've got two veterans here that are that are pretty talented themselves that were you know they're going to play more than brendan obviously yeah i i believe uh uh before we stop talking about him we're, we're required to use the word electric yes i think that's right uh, electric yes everybody uh, i think i think there was a a, a decision made that we weren't yeah. a part of but you, you have yeah. to use the word electric so, when you're talking about so that brings up my question whenever there we do get to normalcy with football again mm-hmm. And he's on the field and he makes a catch. Do you play like the electric slide on the video board or That's something? That's good. That's good. Yeah. Like, That's seems, solid. It seems appropriate, right? Yeah. Like, that needs to be his, his, his touchdown celebration. Yes. Yes. Slide. And they need to, yes, see the electric slide. Put it down. Whoever mm-hmm. is listening to this from OSU, put it down. Right. Electric slide for Brennan Presley. Yep. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. We'll, uh, we'll shut it down there on the offense. Come back, talk a little bit of defense on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We're back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Over to the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk a little special teams so, uh, here, too. We need to work that in as well. But Brent, uh, Brennan covered that. No, oh, was that it? Okay. <laughs> no, okay. I'm just kidding. That was I'm kidding. All we got to talk special teams, too. All done. <laughs> um, the defense is is the, the, the really big wild card. When you're looking at, at this, and, and I don't mean wild card in a case you don't know what's happening. Uh, it's the big difference between some of the really good OSU teams of uh, of the past, maybe 2012 being the the exception. Um, but the years when they've had great, great offenses, they haven't always had mm-hmm. a really good defense to go with it. Mm-hmm. And this is a defense I think has a chance to be really good. Even even in a year when I think the offenses are going to be improved, I think quarterback play will be better in, in the league across the board if uh, if all of those guys stay healthy. Um, I still think this defense has a chance to be to be really good, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about going out and throwing shutouts and against Big Twelve opponents, no. but 
but uh, maybe Kansas. I'm just kidding. Everyone yeah. wants to throw Kansas out there, right? I exactly. got Kansas jokes tweeted at me yesterday already. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think they've got a chance to be a really good, uh, a really good defense. You look at ten guys back, and and um, you know the area, the secondary being the one spot that lost a player. They've got so much depth back there mm-hmm. that I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, I just I think I think that's going to be that's the uh, the one thing that changes the outlook for for this team and makes it different than some of the other teams that were only able to get to nine or ten wins and uh, and really elevates this team to uh, to another level. Yeah, um, when you look at how they finished last season defensively, I felt like especially in the regular season they were. They got stronger, and that was a sign to me the future was going to be really good for them. Yeah, um, they started getting turnovers, which was always a huge mm-hmm. problem. Um, and you bring those guys back. Trace Ford's going to be better. Yeah, um, which is scary to think because I thought Trace was really good mm-hmm. last year. Um, defensive line is going to improve. Israel Antwine for a full season is going to be impressive. I think. Right. Um, you know the linebackers are deep again. You got Malcolm who settled into that role. Um, Amen Ogbogbamiga, obviously, I think is NFL caliber. Yeah. In some level. I don't know. I'm not going to be predicting drafts or anything like that. I have no idea, but I think he's going to get a chance at the next level. Yeah. Um, Colby Harvell Peel has developed into a Thorpe Award mm-hmm. watch list kid. Um, Trey Sterling probably should have been on there, too. Um, you know, you've got these guys that were so steady last year mm-hmm. and made plays they needed to that. You've got to feel good about it. They've settled into Jim Knowles' system now, too. That helps. Um, it just it feels different to me. It started to feel different last year to me. Um, there were times I felt like I was one of the few people that kept touting the defense. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this defense is doing better than people realize. Right. It's, it's, it's making the right strides, and I think it's starting to really look like when you look at it like this, this might be one of the more dangerous parts of this team is to see what this defense can do. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and to hear that the uh, the competition is strong at mm-hmm. the two the two spots in question in the secondary, uh, that being the one cornerback spot where uh, Jarek Bernard Converse has moved from uh, from safety to corner, and they also had Christian Holmes come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get you get that competition going there. They were both defensive player of the day last week, by the way. That's right, they were, they, weren't they? Each each one of them a different yeah. day. Yeah. They were defensive player of the day. That's right. Um and then uh and then at, at Jarek's old position, that uh, that cover safety position, kind of a the the nickelback, the the slot corner is mm-hmm. really what I prefer to call it. Um but uh you've got Tanner McAllister and, and Thomas Harper competing for a job there. And probably both going to play because I think that their skill sets are different enough that they can mm-hmm. both uh, both be pretty good. Two guys who used to be cornerbacks who were recruited as cornerbacks mm-hmm. and uh, are moving in inside and and playing on slot receivers. I think they've got a chance to be really good there. So, um, you know, and then you got Rodarius Williams going to be in his fourth year as a starter. <laughs> cornerback <laughs> yeah it was just ridiculous the, to, to think i keep thinking too how talented the secondary is you've got jason taylor yeah who is gonna still be a backup mm-hmm. when he played really well yeah down in the bowl game came in and had a, a had a great bowl game so and looked like he could be a starter yeah. in a normal situation yeah absolutely but that's how deep that secondary is mm-hmm. 
Colby Harvell Peel, I feel like, is a guy who, if he has another season like he did, um, could be uh, could be headed for the NFL. Yeah, I, really, I think so I really too. think he could. He is uh, an elite level player, and um, you know has a chance to be a a, a big time safety at uh, at the next level because he can do he can do everything. We saw it with the with the turnovers he created, the pass breakups the tackles mm-hmm. he can really he, he really can do it all and he's really solid in uh, knowing where he's supposed to be and and doing the right things yeah i'm i'm a huge colby Harvell, harvell peel fan i've i've thought about that earlier when we were talking about the draft with the other guys and i thought colby's a guy that that yeah. is on the edge there that ready to go and burst yeah. into the nfl conversation mm-hmm. um absolutely he and amen and um are, are two guys in that defense that really stand out to me that are ready. If they have another big season, I think right. could really find themselves getting a big paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can, uh, I can definitely see that. And then you look at the defensive line, the front with, uh, all those guys back, they lost Mike Scott and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still no word on whether, uh, Colin Clay is eligible yet or not. You would think he would be, but, I think the NCAA has a lot of other stuff going on their plate yeah, right now, exactly. so maybe that's so the problem on the whole up. Are, I think going a little slow <laughs> on uh, figuring out eligibility issues. That makes sense. Um, that's my guess. I mean, right. you know, it exactly. seems like there's some, some other things happening in the world right now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they're uh, they're they're trying to figure out some other stuff. So that uh, we'll give them a pass for now on that one. But um, but you still you got Tyron Irby stepping in as a, a JUCO transfer to fill that Mike Scott role. Uh, he's wearing number ninety one, so it really confused me when I was clicking through photos the other day. I was like, <laughs> "Wait a second, Mike, Mike Scott's gone." I had to go look who, look who, up who it was. So, uh, but uh, it was it was Tyron. So he's a guy that can uh, can fill in there if needed. Um, but uh, you know, it was tough for Mike Scott to get on the field. Uh, yeah, uh, last year because uh, because Trace Ford became such a, a a force and and Brock Martin is just so reliable that it it became tough for Mike Scott to get on the field a whole lot except in uh, you know some specialized pass rush situations. So um, you know there's so much depth uh, just across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, you know whenever whenever I saw guys that were tweeting out uh, we want to play hashtags yesterday brendan evers popped up and i was like forgot about brendan evers and even thought about brendan evers because because he you know he got banged up and there were there were so many other guys that that stepped up in the in the interior like yeah brendan evers is healthy again and and probably you know from he was playing well until he got hurt yeah exactly so um there's just there's so many guys and you know it's it's hard to to you have to rest your defensive tackles. You can't mm-hmm. uh, you can't put Cameron Murray and and Izzy <laughs> Antoine out there for every snap. But uh, so it's 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 hard to take those guys off the field. But uh, but the depth behind them is uh, is so much better now. And um, it's just it's uh, it's it's crazy what they've uh, what they've been able to build in a in a short amount of time up there uh on the on the defensive front that's really the defense in general mm-hmm. to build the depth that they've uh, that they've built to the point that we get through an entire segment about defense we didn't mention calvin bondage once um, oh yeah right so 
Um, I, know, I know, I know, fans love him, and um, it kind of speaks to where the defense is. Though. It it does, it does. They, uh, you know, they're in a position where they've got really solid play across the board, and uh, and you're not, you know, there were there would have been years when OSU was desperate to get a player like him back mm-hmm. and healthy, and now they're not. They're not in that position where they're. Uh, where they're desperate for a player like that to be back on the field, they would love it. Uh, you know, you get his uh, his dynamic playmaking ability back on the field, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he might end up being a guy that plays twenty five plays a game, and you just take what you get. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's a tough situation for uh, for him. But but it's uh, it's really good for Oklahoma State to be in that position with their depth. That they're not having to uh, to rely on on someone with a you know a pretty serious back injury that kept them out for a whole year to get back and uh, and and get back in action. So that's uh, that's 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 the good thing about the um, uh, about where they stand on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, we'll finish it up really quick. Talk a little bit about uh, about the kicking game because I I, I, I said that we would. Um, <laughs> Is your boy Tom Hutton going to be better? Uh, yes, I think so. I really, I really believe it. I think that he is. I think that he's being pushed a little bit. Um, I think that uh, I think that Jake McClure has been working uh, mm-hmm. working on the uh, the punting game and uh, and is, uh, is is coming along there. And I think that's going to create a little bit of competition. And I think that uh, that, that Hutton will respond. Um, that said, I think uh, I think we're going to have another Aussie involved in the kicking game. Because I think Alex Hale is going to be kicking, uh, okay. kicking field goals and, okay. and extra points. I listen. I have no problem with that. Um, I those guys are fun to talk to usually. So they are. I mean, we need some life in the special teams interviews, right? Exactly. So um, um, that's assuming we get special teams interviews. Well, that's true. In this, uh, that's in true. this uh, situation, yeah. What? You know, normally, how disappointed are you going to be if we don't? Get special teams interviews when you finally are allowed to talk to Tom. Hunt. Right, he's going to be around a while. I'll be patient. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait. My, uh, my, I'll, I'll bide my time. That's fine. I can, uh, I can survive. But um, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be frustrating on, uh, on some level. You know, give the fans a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. You know, on a, on a typical uh, Tuesday after practice. We're getting what six to eight guys yeah. uh, in in uh, in for interviews, and mm-hmm. you know we're scrambling around talking to as many of them as we can, trying mm-hmm. to talk to everybody uh, between either you and me or you, me, Barry, you, me, Jenny, whoever mm-hmm. it is that's with us. Um, and uh, and usually we talk to everybody that comes in on on some level. Uh, but you know now with no in-person interviews, it's all going to be through Zoom. We get two players. We're going to be getting two players. They're going to be you know wanting to get get gone to get to uh, you know you know for instance we had Tylen Wallace the other day and he can only stay for a few minutes because he had a, a position meeting mm-hmm. that he had to get to. We're going to have things like that. They're going to make it uh, make it a lot tougher for us to uh, to get to talk to a variety of guys and. Uh, that's that's what's disappointing. Just yeah. uh, just as a, just 
as as a writer who wants to you and I both strive to bring people something that that they're not expecting mm-hmm. or maybe didn't know that uh, was out there for them to have and um that's going to be that's going to be the frustrating things to you don't get to know these guys as well either no because we're not, not with them face to face they're not no. i don't think they're even seeing our face on these zoom calls I don't, no i don't and think so so it's it's a struggle you know you you can't hang out and listen to chuba speak to everyone and hang around and talk to him as he's walking away yeah. or anything like that yeah. you know you don't get that interaction well, like, that's what I'm like, struggling with. Me too, and it really, it really hurt me. On I wrote the story about about Tylen and mm-hmm. his his rehab the other day, and he gave us the great little anecdote about him doing squats with cat litter yeah. boxes. And in a normal interview setting, I would have, you know, been patient with him and 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 waited for my chance, and I would have dug in. I want to know what the I wanted to know what the cat's name was. Yeah, I want to know, you know. What kind of cat is it? Yeah, what, you know exactly. what? What kind of litter are you buying? Yeah, and what? How you know? How big are these boxes? And exactly, and 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 really paint a picture mm-hmm. of of what this looks like. Like, how do you how do you squat? Yeah, like how does, does he have a bar and he's putting yeah. cat litter with the with the handle mm-hmm. type cat litter or just hanging on the on the yeah. end of the bar? Is he just holding it over his shoulders? I, mm-hmm. What's it? What does this look like? Uh, there were so many things I wanted to know, um, but that that opportunity is uh, is is lost in a in a mm-hmm. Zoom call, and that was that was frustrating to me. So, and it's going to continue to be that way, yeah, as long as we're as long as we're in the in the uh, the Zoom call world. So, yeah. but we're going to work to find a ways to tell different stories. We for are re- for readers and we and are our listeners and um, figure out ways to to still deliver great stories right yeah that's that's stuff that you can't you're not you're not getting everywhere else Mm -hmm. so because we're both that's something that we're both passionate about so Mm -hmm. that's uh, going to continue to be our goal and uh you obviously had one already stolen away from you yeah the uh the Uh. we didn't even we didn't bring this up but uh um I had written briefly in my uh, in a story last week about the face shields that yeah. uh, that OSU was wearing, and no, yeah, not wearing they, them. They're not wearing them anymore. Um, <laughs> I was I was gonna try to dig in to see more about details of that and who you know and kind of how that works and just a behind the scenes kind of you know pull the curtain up kind of thing on it. And they quit wearing them yesterday in practice. Yeah, so there goes that idea. <laughs> Right now, I mean, it could change. I yeah, mean, you know, but that's on my radar. Yeah, and I I understand that. I mean, that you look at the photos from practice, and the things were fogging up yeah, really bad. But they were fogging up the view. No, not in the vision area, but but down yeah. at the in the uh, the mouth area, they were fogging up really bad. So I understand why players were probably frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also. A really good time to be safe, and yeah. I think those were a safer option. Those, yeah. I mean, now you've got say, say the other team isn't wearing those face shields, and mm-hmm. someone's not wearing a mask, and you get. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 way more dangerous. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But, so. Um, uh, but uh, but they're wearing masks now over their over their faces and uh, and. 
and back to regular regular face masks and guys that want to wear the face the the shield up in their eyes are, are wearing those and guys that aren't aren't so it is what it is but um we'll see we'll see what kind of safety precautions are are involved if we uh, if we do have football mm-hmm. see there i went and drag us back into reality again. uh ah, sorry not a downer yeah <laughs> in, 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 on a uh, on a sad note but uh but that'll do it for this episode of the Cowboy Chronicles. Hopefully, we're doing uh, some more of these. I would, I uh, would really love the opportunity to to keep bringing you uh, all of this, uh, all of this information that we do. Um, it's uh, it's always one of my favorite things, and I know you enjoy it as well, Jacob. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, we're able to continue bringing you the Cowboy Chronicles with uh, with some meaning and an actual football season at hand but uh for now that'll do it for this episode of the cowboy chronicles podcast which is brought to you by zaxby's satisfy your craving for hand breaded chicken and fresh made salads stop by your neighborhood zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast <laughs>